Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, super excited here. We are recording. We are live. This is the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program. I am your host, Brian Kane, and super excited today uh, to bring on a former college baseball teammate of mine. He was actually a two-sport athlete at the University of Vermont playing baseball and soccer, and he is the athletic director at Tampa Prep, a, a school down uh, in Tampa, Florida, and we're talking about Chris Lavoie. And today, Chris is one of the top athletic directors, also a mental performance coach who's worked with uh, the University of Tampa, two-time NCAA national champion volleyball program. He's worked with professional baseball players. Uh, and Chris is going to talk about establishing the right culture and enhancing your culture, something that he's done at schools from New Hampshire all the way down to Florida as an athletic director at, at different stops along the way. And super excited to have him join us here today. So thanks for being with us on the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program. Chris Lavoy, appreciate you joining us, my friend. Thanks for being here. Of course. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. And thanks to everyone that's here. I know this is a special day being Valentine. So I'm sure your spouses will want this to be short and sweet and I'll do my best to, to give you some great information and, and keep it as uh, short as possible. Awesome. Well, Chris, I appreciate you being here, you know, and, and I think one of the things that's been really cool kind of following your career, um, you know, since you were, you were an AD in New Hampshire and then kind of coming down to Florida, um, you know, is one of the things that you've done along the way is you've been really, really successful at establishing a culture for your coaches and for your athletes at different, the different schools you've been at. And I think at Tampa prep, you've done, you've done as good a job as you have anywhere else. You've also done as good a job as, as any athletic director I've ever seen in high school sports. And we've got some athletic directors here. Um, you know, Russ Waterman from East Mount high school in Washington, who does a tremendous job, Kevin Guzzo, who's at St. Joseph high school. It's done a tremendous job. And the great part about what you do is, is not only does it work as a high school athletic director, but it works as a high school coach in your program, following the same process. It works as a business owner with the business that you lead following the same process. And it works for you as an individual. So what I'm really excited about learning tonight is how you establish that, that right culture in the programs that you've had a chance to be a part of. So yeah, I'll just let you take it from here and, and glad you're with us. Yeah. Thanks again, Brian. And, you know, I think part of this is my background in athletic administration was as a phys ed teacher, part-time and a part-time athletic director. And I did put, get to put a PowerPoint together, which I don't like PowerPoints, but I think it's a good visual one to keep myself on track and give bullet points and at the same time to allow each of you to kind of see the process that I've gone through. And when I was an AD up in New Hampshire, like Brian said, as a part-time phys ed teacher, part-time athletic director, I don't think I did things well. You know, I think that what I did was I focused on to make sure we had buses, to make sure there were officials there, and to make sure we just had coaches in place and never understood what the term culture meant. So if anybody had asked me early in my career, you know, how's the culture at your school? I think just a default answer would be, well, it's great. You know, we won a state championship last year. Our team's really good this year. But I don't know if I never really knew what the definition of culture was. And I think that we were succeeding 
just by putting talent out there. And I think that everyone in here probably knows that talent is short term and the culture was what kind of gives you the long term results. And I would also say that, like many of you, I learned a lot through my failures. Um, and that's what I think got me to where I am at Tampa prep. And I really think there's a template in place right now that's worked well for me that I finally bought into and that coaches have finally bought into. So, you know, through, through my failures and through being the sponge, um, of just listening to what others have done and what's worked for them has kind of got me where I am now. At the same time, I'd say I'm just one piece of the puzzle as athletic directors, as head coaches, if you don't have buy-in from your stakeholders, it doesn't matter what you do. So it's really, really important for you not to just uh, pour it out to be the, the dictator that says, do it because I said so, but to make your stakeholders be a part of that process so there is buy-in there. And, you know, most recently at Tampa Prep in, in Tampa, we've got... Chris, um, if I can jump in here, are you, are you wanting to show a PowerPoint? Because we don't see that on the screen. If that's yeah, I can do that, of course. Okay, perfect. Yep. Yeah, as I just think, I know if there's a visual, it's going to be, you know, easier, I think, for our... our our coaches here to be able to follow this. And there we go. Perfect. So now we can see, you know, your job is not perfect. Excellent. So if you want to present that, that'd be great for everybody to see. Brilliant. Thank you. Can you see that? All right. Brad? Yep. Perfect. So, and I think that what really hit me most recently, this is my fourth year in Tampa prep is we've got an affluent community in Tampa, Florida, downtown Tampa. And Tony Junji came into our gym and, you know, I went up to him and I had the 32nd elevators question to ask him of, you know, hey, Coach Dungey, welcome to the gym. Can you tell me what your thoughts are on culture as a head coach? And he kind of looked at me, smiled, and, and he said, you know, Chris, I've never had that question asked me before, you know, in a gymnasium, back to people I'm trying to watch my son play. He said, but let me tell you about culture. He said, when I took over the Colts, I had the most, one of the most talented teams in the NFL, and we couldn't win games. He said it took into my second and third year when I finally had a culture built that, that, that dealt with success, that it wasn't about putting the best people on the field. It was about putting the right people in place and that we had team teammates that supported each other, that encouraged each other, that had great practices, that bought into our culture, which is what led us to a Super Bowl and which led us to success. And then last year, uh, Joe Madden, uh, came and spoke with our baseball team. And I had the same conversation with him. And he talked about, and I did a podcast most re recently about something called the Cubs way. And Joe Madden is a disciple of the mental game and of culture. And he will self-admit that he may not be the best coach, but what he does is he tries to put every single person in his department. And that means the front office to the players in the field, to, to the coaches into buying into culture, into a shared set of beliefs and philosophy. So I figured that when the best coaches, some of the best coaches in the world are doing that, you know, and, and we've all heard that, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast, that we need to start putting more time into culture. So the first thing I want to do is if all of you can see those nine dots right there, if you have just visualize it in your mind, or if you can put those down on a piece of paper is to start thinking outside the box. And if you can in three or sorry, in four lines, connect all of those dots without taking your pen or pencil off the paper. So we'll do this like for 15 seconds, maybe try it once or twice. Put your nine dots down there, get your pen or pencil. Once you have it on that paper, connect all nine of those dots without taking your pen or pencil off the paper. And I can't see all of your hands because I got the PowerPoint in front of me. 
So if someone can do it, great. So what we want to start doing is start thinking outside the box. And that's really about the mental game as well and as culture. So there is a way to do it. And what you want to do is get yourself outside those dots, go off the paper because everyone tries to stay inside the grid, right? So when you're talking about building culture and talking about the mental game, whatever it may be, start trying to do what others aren't doing and think outside the box. And I'm going to ask every athletic director, I know there's coaches in here, athletic directors in here, maybe some business people. How many of you can answer the following questions? What is your school mission? And you don't have to raise your hand, but I just want you to think about that. What is your school mission? And I'll tell you right now, to be completely honest, I don't know what our high school mission is. I know it involves five words. Think, create, be yourself, aspire to excellence, and go beyond. But with those, there's a lot more terminology. I'm going to ask you the next question. How many of you know what your school's core principles are? What percent of your student body is on an athletic team? What is your athletic department's mission? And a lot of people pause there and say, well, is that different from the school mission? Some people, some schools won't allow that to happen. I'm lucky enough where I had a headmaster that said, do your thing, basically. And I think it's really, really important for the athletic department to have a separate mission than the school mission. And what are your athletic department's core principles? Now, some of you may have these and some of you may not, but that's kind of why we're here today. And lastly, what are the goals and vision of your athletic department? And that goes right into what is the MVP process or what we're going to talk about being the MVP process. I could not tell you what my former school's or school mission was, the one before that, or even the current one. I also could not tell you what most business uh, missions are, and most people can't because they're so long that you can't remember them. So in this, as we go through this, I would tell you, when you think about mission, you want to make it something that you can remember, something short, something sweet. And at Tampa Prep, our mission is Terps for Life. Very simple. If you ask any athlete on school, what's our mission, they would know it. If you ask any coach on campus what our mission is, they would know it. And if you ask stakeholders and parents, they would also probably know it just because they see it so much and it's so easy to remember. Why are athletic, why is an athletic culture important? I'm not going to read through all these, but the most important thing is I think that there was a stat or a, a survey that said 80% of, co- of coaches were named as the most influential person in a high school uh, student's career. So college students were asked who was the most important person in your high school career. 80% named a head coach or a coach as a most influential person in their high school career. Hey, Chris, I want to hop in right there if I can for a second, because what you just said, what you just said, I think is, is the backbone reason why we're doing coaching matters, why fundraising university and their CEO, Mike Mahoon sponsors coaching matters for every other week group coaching program is because college students, 80% of them said the most influential person in their life up to this point, 18 years old or so going into college was a coach. Unbelievable. Not unbelievable. Very, very believable, but staggering statistic. I thank you for sharing that. Of course. And, you know, athletic culture and everything I put there, you know, there's, there aren't English sections or aren't math sections in a newspaper, but there's a huge sports section. And we have ESPN. We have all these, you know, eight of them that all we do is look at sports. And unfortunately, the most, the most thing we have news on is, is incidents of, of poor conduct, of ineligible students, of people getting arrested, of fights in stands. So it brings out the negative 
in all sports. So it's a high school level. Our job is to create cultures that, that reinforce positive behaviors. And it's, and it's at this last time, last thing is that it's the only event where we bring people outside our campus onto campus. So everybody thinks about your school, how they see your athletic programs. Are they clean? Are they dirty? Are you, are you well-behaved? Are they good sportsmanship or poor sportsmanship? How are your spectators? So everyone outside the, your school, when they come onto your campus, it's for an athletic event. And I want to talk about for the athletic directors in here, what is the job of an athletic director? In the state of Florida, if we have an ineligible player on the field, we get fined heavy dollars and we forfeit games. And I'm sure that's the case with every state in the, in the country. You have eligibility for students. Two is transportation. It's really simple, but it takes up a lot of time to make sure we have buses to events. Three is scheduling. You've got to make sure we have an opponent. You've got to make sure we fill the games. And that takes a big part of our, our uh, daily, day as well. Make sure when we have officials for every game, make sure when they're showing up on time. Field maintenance, it's, it's, it's a you know, daily thing of a sprinkler heads broken. You know, something may happen. You've got to put the lines down. The grass wasn't mowed. The hiring of coaches and the retention of coaches. And that's a big part where you want to have interviews set up and make sure you're hiring not the best people, but like Joe Madden said and Tony Dungy said, hiring the right people. Marketing of your athletic programs. In the state of Florida, like everybody else, we can't recruit. So you have to do a great job marketing so you have people interested coming to your school. Communication, especially in this day and age with social media and email, every day is communications to parents, to stakeholders, about cancellations, about postponements, and fundraising for mostly public schools. We're a private school, so we don't, we're actually not allowed to fundraise. But many teams and schools have to fundraise to support all of their athletic programs. And the last question I have, if culture is so important, is after doing those first nine things, is how much time do we as athletic directors, coaches, principals, business people, dedicate to the development and focus on the culture within our programs? And the answer to that is probably very little. At least that was a case for me and probably still is a case. I try to put as much time as I possibly can into the culture and, and it's not as much as the other things. The MVP process and Brian, and I'll tell you that the, this, my key to success is surrounding myself with people that are smarter than me, that know a lot more about um, uh, the MVP process and things. And Brian King and I have been friends for over 20 years. So my, my key to success is get Brian and your five top uh, of best friends, and you'll get a lot of information <laughs> from him. And that's been really my secret to success is being great friends with Brian. But what I found is that the MVP process, if you have one of these people in this boat pulling in the wrong direction or is off just by one degree, in the short term, you're going to survive. But if this boat is going from Florida to Maine, that boat is going to be off by hundreds and hundreds of miles. So you can get away with things in the short term, but you have to have everybody on the same page. When I took a job at Tampa Prep, one of the first things I asked every head coach was, what is our mission and what are our goals? Every coach on staff had great answers, but they were all different. And what I found was that every head coach, you know, was like on their own island where we had the soccer coach, a basketball coach, a wrestling coach, a tennis coaches, all with great answers, all with great visions, all with great missions, all with great core principles, what they thought was important, but they weren't the same. So we didn't have shared terminology. What we had was crossover athletes saying, well, the rules are different here than they were in the last season. 
well, yeah, that, that isn't important to this team, but it was important to the last team. So we were losing so much of, um, of, of core principles being lost in translation or lost from season to season. So there are four stages of buying, which you may have heard Brian speak about before. And this is what I will say that was the most important part is you, you can't just say, here's what we're doing. You need to, need to make people own it and be a part of that process. One is this is not for me. Two is it is okay for others. Three is I'll try it. And four is I can't believe I did it any other way. When you involve your coaches, involve the stakeholders in developing your MVP process or your core principles, they're going to then say, I'm going to try to do this. And then they'll have buy-in. So you want to have everyone on, on, uh, on your staff be a part of the process, and then they'll own into it a little bit more. Another way to say that, Chris, that I've seen successful is, is that people don't get down on what they're in on. Right. So if they're in on participating in the, in the creation of your culture or your MVP process, they're more likely to be in on that once it's created. So I'm sure many of you have heard uh, what the MVP process is and the M, the M is mission, the V is vision and P is the core principles. So the telescope part is what's the big picture. What is the mission? And for Tampa Prep, and again, you guys are all going to want to develop your own, but I'm going to go through ours just so you can see what it is, what it looks like, and what works for us. At Tampa Prep, as I said before, our mission is Terps for Life. And we hashtag that on everything we send out. Hashtag Terps, the number four life. And the way we came up with that was really Brian came to campus. So I did hire an outside consultant because I felt like that would make me a part of the process and not the person leading it. And that made me be on the same page as them or the same level as them. And what we did was we did a Google survey and we asked every stakeholder, every coach, every player and some administration, what core principles did they feel is important for our student athletes to have when they leave the program or leave the school? And we had hundreds of answers. So we took those hundreds of answers in the Google survey and basically put them into a template of saying honesty and trust are pretty much the same thing. So it would give them check marks. And we basically just ranked everything from one to 50 of what people thought was important. That allowed us to say, okay, these 15 core principles stick out as being the most important to our coaches, to our stakeholders, to our players, and to our administration. That turned into our core principles. And we took Terrapins, shortened that into Terps, and then we took three core principles off each letter, T-E-R-P-S, Three T's, E's, R's, P's, and S's. So those were developed by the coaches, but we use a template that Brian brought to us in his MVP process. This made it so it wasn't an ownership from me or Brian, but that they gave us that information and then we were allowed to get our, or able to get our core principles from that. And then when you go into clarity of core principles, you can see what they are there, the Terps, D-E-R-P-S, you know, and now it's about what do they mean? So, you know, if I asked every athlete in our school right now, what does energy mean to you? They may or may not say bring the juice, but this template is available to every coach and every athlete. And we have hand signals for each one of those. I don't want to bore you and go through those, but every single one of our core principles has a hand signal with it. So now coaches and athletes as a way to remember it, when we have uh, in the assemblies, Every Friday, I'll go up there and I may go through those and get the crowd all, all fired up, but they'll give them back to me. So our, our student athletes, I would say probably know most of these. I'm not sure I could say that because there's 15 of them. And I would say that 15 is a lot. So what I found in year one, 
which was the trouble part, was that I was expecting coaches and athletes to remember all 15 of these, implement them into their, their practices or into their season, and the feedback was, it's too much. So what we did this year uh, through trial and error was have every team go through a, a, a um, kind of a, a team uh, a bonding thing where they would pick one of each one of these that they thought was important to their season. So the girls volleyball team said, well, if important to us is trust, energy, responsibility, present and service. And we would make a poster for them to have at practices and we'd put it up. So those were the five they took this year. And it was really difficult for them to remember 15. They said it's taking too much time. And that's why we simplified it for them to take just five, take one off each letter. So each coach gets to pick with their, with their program, which of the core principles they want to install in their program. Is that right? As an athletic director, you kind of have, here's our 15 principles. And then each coach gets to pick with, with their teams, what they want to focus on for principles for that year. For that season. Correct. So, and and so these will be different. So the volleyball team has, you know, the five I just mentioned, which, which may or may not be right. Going into basketball season, they would do that same activity where that team and coach would then say, what is important to us this year? Is it trust? team or toughness and the girls basketball team may say well you know what we need to be we need to come together more as a team right so that will make that one of our t's and core principles for this season you know our energy has been low at practice we've got to get up for every game we've got to get for every practice we've got to get for every everything we do so let's go with energy let's bring the juice so that's what they would do brian was was they would go through and pick one off each letter we would then take the terps and put that into a poster for them or they would do it themselves and they would just carry that through the season Next season, they will go through that same process with a new group and they may keep the same or they may change them. Beautiful. Beautiful. Talk in, um, I know, I know you you got more to go through, so we'll come back to the, the video where you, that you put together about the hand signals and kind of share a link to the podcast for Terps for life. Cause it's really, really great content in the, in the way that you're kind of bringing this to life on a daily basis, but we'll, we'll kind of get, get to that. I'm sure that's in your presentation. Yeah. I, and, and I, I think it's important to know that the MVP process, and, and you may be able to answer this, Brian, how many of these people know that? Because <laughs> I don't want to bore t- people with what the MVP is. If they know it, I just like to bring in the clarity and how you promote it. Yeah, well, I think we've talked a lot about the MVP process. If there's one thing that's been discussed on every call, I think it's that. But to bring that to life and get them to hear, to get our coaching matters group and community to hear you talk about MVP process and how you established it is only going to reinforce for them how they can go about doing that. Perfect. So with the MVP process, again, we came up with the the mission, right? Terps for life, the core principles as a part of that. And we just went to the process of how we did that. And the last part is a vision, which we do have athletic department vision, but then on top of that, each team has separate, you know, uh, vision as well, but we do have a set there. So I'm going to try to just get to, um, I'm going to have to stop sharing, I think, and then reshare. There you go. So you're no longer sharing. Good. And while you're going to get that figured out, I'm going to take a minute here just to, just to want to welcome everybody to the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Podcast and program sponsored by Fundraising University. And I want to take time to just say thank you to any current Fundraising University coaches and administrators joining us on the call today. As you know, Fundraising University is the top high school fundraising company in the United States, helping to raise over $150 million for programs since its inception in 2009. And 
you know, just want to again, thank uh, fundraising university and their owner, Mike Bahoon is the official sponsor for the coaching matters group coaching program. So current coaches, uh, if you'd like to become a coaching matters ambassador coach in your state and earn between five and $20,000 part-time contact Mike Bahoon at fundraisingu.net to inquire about our new ambassador coach program. And I'll make sure I post that here inside of our chat. So if you want to contact Mike to find out how to become an ambassador coach, uh, we, you know, be great for you to join the, the fundraising university team. So Chris, uh, we can see your screen here and it looks like you're pulling up the Tampa prep championship culture. Yeah. So this is just the final version of the MVP process, the Tampa prep culture. So we do share this with athletes and coaches. And as you can see, the MVP process is there. The mission being Terps for life, the vision, and it's a staircase there of all of our athletes and coaches. It's to be a Terp today. What does it mean to be a Terp today? Isn't to follow rules and, and, and policies, but to live above the line. And that is actually um, enhanced it and, and reiterated by all of our coaches and our strength coach is a huge uh, proponent of this. So if you went into our performance center and Brian has been there two years ago, you would see a very generic weight room that had the, the treadmills, the old bikes and some, and some equipment. And then we hired a new strength coach and he has painted the walls. He's put in the core principles on the wall. And Brian may have a picture of that. I, I don't have it, Brian, of what it looks like now. And he reinforces what it's like to live above the line. So he's one that we actually have partnered with our coaches. So it's not just coming from coaches and us, but also our strength coach and every one of our athletes is in the weight room on a regular basis. So he's the one that really pushes living above the line and not living in limbo. Yeah, I'm searching for those, searching for those pictures here, but uh, I'll see if I can dig those up here, Chris, if you can maximize, yeah, maximize your screen there by hitting enter full screen. We'll be able to see that. There you go. Brilliant. And then when you, when you get to the point of having it, what I found is that a lot of times it's been just lost in translation, that the coaches say they don't have time to push all this information. So I'd say the most important part after you go through the MVP process is to market, 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 to make it visual, to put it on scoreboards, to put it on floors, to put it wherever you possibly can. So it's a daily reminder of what those core principles are. I'm lucky enough that we have a sports information director and he has been instrumental in making sure that we get this information out there on everything we do. So if you go to our website, you're going to find that everything we do is hashtagged. Through Twitter, through the, um, the website and all of our social media. So we have the marketing part. This is working a little slow here. Sorry about that. The marketing part is that everything that we have and do. Ah, sorry. We have put our core principles and mission everywhere. So I'm not going to be able to pull it up because it's not going to it. But if you actually can look at our scoreboard right there. Good. Yeah, good. <laughs> and while you're, while you're pouring those up, uh, Chris, what I'll do here is I'll share my screen and kind of show everybody you know, inside of your, of your weight room. So as we keep going here, as you're searching for that. So here inside of Chris's weight room is an example of 
their core principles put on a wall. So just simply, you know, black walls, red lettering, here's their three, here's the S's. And then obviously here's the uh, R's, right? So under, on different spots in the wall, inside of the squat rack, they have their terps. And then ironically, um, I just, one of, one of the guys that coached at SMU in the football team, uh, Justin Lawler plays for the LA Rams. And he sent me a picture of their core principles, right? So basically he's like, Hey, we have an MVP process with the LA Rams. And he says, and, and outside we want to, we want to be people of character who have high standards that communicate and follow the process. He says on the field, we want to be relentless, mentally tough, consistent, and connected. And we always want to put we over me. So I think when you listen last night, right. And Matthew Stafford gets interviewed uh, and, and they ask him, you know, Hey, you came here from Detroit, you know, talk about this. And he goes, man, our locker room is connected. And Sean McVay, they asked him about him, the 36 year old Super Bowl winning head coach. And he said, he connects with each one of us. How does he connect? He connects because he communicates. He connects because he has character. He connects because he's going to set the standard and live the standard. So I just thought that was fascinating to hear, you know, a Super Bowl winning, uh, uh, quarterback talk about a lot of the same things that we're talking about here on tonight's call. So uh, Chris, back to you, man, if you want to keep kind of uh, teaching us about Terps for life, or we can kind of go into some questions that are coming in from, from our, our coaching matters group coaching program. Yeah. I'll just throw a couple, I'll just throw a couple more things, Brian. I think I've got this figured out now. I just couldn't see it. When I go back to the marketing parts, so if you go to our athletic website, which is a, it's instrumental because now you're going to hit parents and everybody, everyone that visits your website or visits your school, this is the way they see you is through your website. So I'm just going to maximize this and show you this is our video that really talks about who we are. So once you go to our website, this is the first thing you see where we talk about the culture, where we talk about the core principles. So it's heard from everybody. The Tampa Prep Athletic Department is redefining what it means to be a successful student athlete, and we're leading the conversation on what's most innovative for all athletes. We believe it's much more than wins and losses, which is why we focus on process over outcome. We're the first and only school in the entire nation where every head coach holds a mental performance mastery certification. This not only sets us apart from our competitors, it's proof that everything we do is about what's best for our students. Our student-athletes forge lasting relationships with their coaches, finding encouragement, acceptance, empowerment that extends far beyond the athletic venues. With more than 20 varsity teams holding more than 60 individual and team state championships, our mission is simple, yet powerful, Terps for life. We take pride in our 15 core principles that serve as a template to define who we are. Those 15 core principles are trust. Trust the process. Team, together, everybody achieves more. Success, Terps for life. Respect, win with dignity, lose with grace. Service, higher purpose and self. Responsibility, E plus R equals O, control your response. Effort, all in, all the time. Relentless, always on the attack. Toughness, embrace and overcome adversity. Productive, pushing forward to complete quality work. Present, present body, present mind. Be where your feet are. Sportsmanship, humility and gratitude, and victory and defeat. Excellence, pursue your personal best. Energy, bring the juice. Process, trust the process. It's the pathway to success. Go red, go gold. Terps today, Terps for life. 
and with that, just a hype video, which I don't, I don't need to show you guys, but that, that just shows that what we, we allow every athlete, every parent, every stakeholder, everyone that's interested in going to our website to see what our culture is like, and it shares the core principles there. And the last thing I would say that with the marketing part is um, I started a podcast this year, and it, it's a daily podcast, and I would suggest if anybody's interested in doing that, the daily podcast um, is a lot of effort. And I, I think I oversold myself when it was a challenge for my headmaster to do it every day. And Brian really pushed me to do it every day. You can get it done, but you do need to set a lot of, a lot of time aside to make sure you have the content. So the daily podcast is a reminder every day to our athletes, to those that call in, where we talk about the core principles and the culture uh, at Tampa Prep. So the last thing I'll do before I answer questions, if anybody has them, is just kind of share the podcast with you and just the first one where it talks about what that podcast is going to do. And again, also, as you're digging that Hello, up, Chris. Terrapins, and welcome back. And welcome back. And Sorry, welcome Brian. back to another Terps for Life podcast. This is Director of Athletics, Chris Lavoy. And today I want to talk to you about a book called The Cubs Way by Tom Verducci. The Cubs Way discusses the overall mm. success of the 2016 Chicago Cubs, who eventually became the World Series. Chris, champion. go ahead and pause that if okay. you would. So that, that's your most recent, one of the more recent ones about the, the Cubs way. You were going to play one, I think, at the beginning that kind of introduces that. But if you want to stop sharing your screen and then share it again, because right now all we see is your website. Maybe you can kind of show us where we can find the Terps for Life podcast. But while you're doing that, uh, if you stop sharing your screen and then reshare, for all of our coaches on the call, if you go into the chat, so I just posted a link to, to uh, two things. I sent a link to that Terps for Life video that Chris just showed, and it's in Google Drive. So you can download that so that you have a model of a video that you can show all your coaches meetings, all your parent meetings, you can put out on social media, you can put on your website. It's going to describe your core principles and what better way to market and brand your, your athletic department or your program or your business than with your clients. In this case, Chris's athletes talking about the Terps for life core principles and MVP process. I also posted a link to the Terps for life podcast, which uh, I listen to as a part of my daily routine. It's tremendous. And I posted a link to that inside of, of uh, our chat as well. So you can get that inside of Apple podcasts or whatever it is you listen to podcasts. I'm also going to post in our chat, a link to, I had a couple questions come in for it already, a link to that LA Rams compass and also the pictures from Chris's weight room. So I'm going to post those here, uh, Chris, and turn it back to you. Yeah, I don't need to play that. You put the podcast in there. It really is just, like I said, it just highlights who we are, our core principles, and the culture that we have at Tampa Prep. And I guess I would summarize just by saying, you know, if I had to say do this or do take this, you know, five steps to achieve a culture, it would be one, hire a consultant. I always think it's best if you can bring somebody else in to walk you and your coaches or your stakeholders through this process. Two would be to get the Google survey from all your stakeholders of what's important to them. I think it's a little bit different with business versus school because if you're a business CEO, you kind of have the vision and mission of what you want to do with your business. I think a school is a little bit distant, different because you have so many team stakeholders that I think it should be uh, a process that you all go through. Three would be to gather data and uh, uh, get the form from the core principles and then develop the core principles and mission from the template of the MVP process. Four would be to share that MVP with everybody involved because by sharing it and making it visual, you now have space repetition or daily repetition. Five would be market, market, 
market. If you don't see it every day, you're going to lose uh, the sight of what that is. So that's why I said our weight room has all of our core principles. We use our website, we use social media, everything is hashtagged. So it's a daily reminder of the core principles and of our culture. And last part of it is accountability. You know, it's, it's extremely important when you go through coaching evaluations that you ask about not just the wins and losses, the management part of it, but how they're incorporating the culture and the core principles into their season. And you will get pushback on that of, I don't have time. And for me, that's just not a great answer. You do have time. We all have the same time. You know, 95% people spend a coach's put on X's and O's and strategy. And I think that you need to put a lot more into culture so that you can have not just those short-term results I talked about, but more, much more longer results. So the last part of it is accountability. And, and, I, would, and I would end by saying the secret, the secret to success is ASA, right? Awareness of where you are right now and where you want to go. Where are you as an athletic department or as a coach and where do you want to get to? Two is the strategy part of that. The strategy is the MVP process to get there. Three is action and put that into action. And I put the, another A on there being accountability, because if you're not holding each other accountable, whether it be your team, your coaches or yourself, then you're going to lose sight of what your culture really is. Make sure I got that right, Chris. A-S-A-A, awareness, strategy, action, and accountability. Yeah, I think you have A-S-A. I added the, double, the other A there. So I have awareness, strategy, action, and then accountability is the last piece of that. Love that. So, so for, for our coaches on the call here, I want to um, make sure we got time for, for questions. So Chris, I appreciate you, you going through there and we'll, we'll get to some of the questions that have come in here on our chat. Some of those have come to me directly. So I'll, I'm going to go through and kind of process these and, and share these with you. Uh, also want our coaches here on the call live to know that I am kind of trying to, as Chris is talking, collect some of what he's talking about and I'm going to put a link here instead of linking to everything individually, like I've done in the chat, I'm going to put a link to all the files. So everyone in meeting all files in this folder. Boom. So inside of that folder, if I share my screen, if you click on that link that I just posted in the chat, that's going to bring you to this folder here. And inside of this folder, you'll see the compass. You'll see the, the pictures of the walls from Chris's weight room. You're going to see a copy of his Tampa prep MVP process. Just like we talked about with Mike Bahoon last week or last time we had a coaching matters call where we talked about leadership through the 10 pillars. And we spent a lot of time with MVP. You have a template you can use here and we also in there have his video. So if you wanted to have uh, this video, hang on, I'm getting ahead of myself here. If you wanted to have this video to be able to, you know, show somebody who runs the video department at your school to say, hey, I want a video that can display our, cha- our core principles. That video is going to be here for you to the be able to show. The athletic department is redefining what it and means to be a successful student athlete. Also here is that survey. So the survey, if you click on this, and you're only going to have view access. So when you click on this this survey, you're going to want to go, uh, actually in our folder, you're going to want to right click and say, make a copy. And you're gonna, Once you make a copy, then you can edit that and you can change it to be your high school. But all the questions on there are going to be basically the same survey that I used with Tampa Prep to help them identify the mission, the vision, the core principles. So one of the things that, that Chris kind of ran over, um, you know, I think trying to be respectful of, our to- of your time here that, that I want to revisit because I thought it was so good and so impressive was, Chris, if you remember the first day we were there, 
I, I said to you, I said, Hey man, let's come up. You've got these 15 core principles. I'm going to have all your student athletes memorize these core principles using hand signals in the next 30 minutes. And you looked at me and laughed like there's no way what happened on that day. Yeah. We, you and I spent about uh, gosh, 10, five to 10 minutes in my office and developed the hand signals for every athlete for us to remember them. Cause I, we just did them that morning and for every athlete to remember. We then had the entire student athlete body come into um, I think it was the art center or the library or somewhere. And Brian knocked out in five minutes. I think every athlete on campus had those hand signals and remembered what our core principles were. The best part of that with the, with the, with the uh, hand signals was that we had a fall baseball game, I think the next day. And one of our players hit a double to the gap and he got the second base and he just put his fingers up and you can't see me. I don't think he was going success, success, success. So we had hand signals for every single core principle. Brian ran through them with them so that we were then able to have them remember and uh, these core principles within five to 10 minutes max. Yeah. And here's, and here's, here's where when you're establishing core principles like this, you want to put them to a picture or an acronym or a hand signal so that they become memorable. And in Heads Up Baseball 2, Ken Revisa talks about three steps to ownership. Okay, here's the three steps to ownership. Step one, I know it. Step two, I do it. Step three, I own it. And as an AD, as a leader, as a coach, we all want the people that we're working with and leading to own our culture, but they can't own and they can't do what they don't know. So I get asked all the time, why is it important that my athletes memorize the core principles? Because they can't live it if they don't know it. And the fastest way to get them to know it is to be intentional with how you teach it. And if you understand from reading books like Moonwalking with Einstein or going through a program by a guy named Ron White, who was the United States memory champion, it's called, um, oh man, ah, memory in a month. And it's like 10 minutes a day audio program to learn how to teach people to memorize and memorize yourself. And I, use, I, I made, I, I've listened to that program probably five times in my life in the car and I use it daily to memorize names, to memorize content, to be on a stage and have and be able to present without having to look at notes. And one of the things he says is if you want to memorize, it takes three things, location, picture, meaning. So if you'd write this down, this is how you're going to get your people to memorize their core principles, location, picture, meaning. So the location, as you watch this video, is the two hands. The picture, when they do this, success. When they do this, it, um, I think, I think um, when they were doing guns like this, it's relentless, right? So what we did is we sat there and said, okay, we got 15 core principles. Well, it's one principle 15 times. And we want to make a hand signal to teach what those hand signals are. So the reason why hand signals become important is because they're a picture. And in case in point, this past weekend, I'm at the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, the golf tournament. And I run into four SMU football players who I haven't seen in five years since, we, since Chad Morris left there and went to Arkansas. So they're there for a bachelor party and they're hammered. And as we're there, I see them and I'm like, hey guys, do you remember the core principles of SMU football? And they're like, man, I haven't thought about this in like five years. I'm like, good, what are they? And the guy goes, accountability, energy and work ethic, physical and mental toughness, family, integrity, confidence, belief and faith that our process will bring results. We are a band of one play warriors. We are SMU. And said it like his birthday. 
How did he know it? Because of hand signals. How do I know it? Not having been there in five years because of hand signals. So Chris, you'll have athletes that will come back to Tampa prep in 10 years after graduating. And, and they will remember that this pointing to the ground means present. They'll know that making a staircase means process. They'll know that taking their hands like this means productive. They'll know that this is energy. They'll know that bicep curls is effort. They'll know that this is excellence as they're coming back to me here. They'll know that this means respect, right? They'll know that guns like this means relentless. They'll know that bouncing basketballs like this means responsibility because you will have given them the picture. So when you see this video, this is how you're going to get people to remember your culture and your core principles is you have to tie them to a the picture. Let's take a look. Like department is redefining what it means to be a successful student athlete. And we're leading every head, everything, encouragement from teams, 15, those 15 core process. There we go. Trust. 15, 15 core those principles, 15 core triangle, principles trust, trust, trust. So that you're going to see each of these athletes do the picture so that they know the core principle. It's the process. Team, together, everybody achieves more. Success starts for life. Respect, win with dignity, lose with grace. Service, higher purpose and self. Responsibility, E plus R. Right, it's like bouncing a basketball, responsibility. O, control your response. Effort, all in, all the time. Relentless, always on the attack toughness embrace and over right boom so there it is somebody standing up like a fighter toughness their hands are up so what it is is you create the pictures so that they can remember the core principle i know it i do it i own it if i want to own it i got to know it if i'm ever going to do it i got to own i got to know it and we know it by understanding location picture meaning it works for college football it works for high school athletics so uh, i thought that was a pretty good pretty good example of how you're going to to be able to memorize the core principles. So questions that come in here, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go to those questions here. So first question comes in, he says, Chris, it's from Al. Al says, how do you bring your principles to a lot alive versus just having them on a poster throughout the, the school? Well, I, I'm lucky. Um, our headmaster was an all American lacrosse. So he has an athletic background and I'm the third athletic director in Tampa prep history. So, you know, he has empowered the athletic directors there, including myself, to kind of do our thing, to run the department, and he does not micromanage. The great part is that I've had to have very little buy-in from him. However, in year one, like I said, the first thing I would suggest you do is to bring in a consultant that's going to help you sell the product. For me, that was Brian. So I brought Brian in. We went through this entire MVP process, and our headmaster at that point in time said, well done, and he had full buy-in right then and there. I've also, awesome. been on the, I've also been on the other end where I had a principal say, if she could take athletics out of high schools, she would. And I will fully admit there was no buying in there, which is one reason why I left and went somewhere else. So anything else, Chris, that you do in terms of like you, you do, so the hand signals helps with buy-in, the podcast every day helps with buy-in, the having each of your teams pick three to five core principles that they then display in the wrestling room or in the gym or at their baseball field helps with buy-in. Is there anything else strategy-wise you feel like you use, whether it be bands or challenge coins or anything that you've used? Yeah, we use both of those. So we have the bands that has the one on it. Um, we have the one word process. 
um, that I think we've kind of lost a little bit, but the coaches have that access to them. But really, it comes from the top down and involve all your stakeholders. So social media is important. That's why I said we hashtag everything with our core principles in our mission of Terps for Life. The podcast is a daily reminder of what our core principles and culture is. And then our headmaster, I've also had him on several of the podcasts. I bring in athletes to be a part of the podcast, bring in coaches to be a part of the podcast. What I found is that when just I speak, no one listens or not as many people listen. When you involve an athlete, all their friends will say, oh, well, I listen to what uh, you know, Brian Kane said today on, on the podcast. So you get a lot more views that way. So it's really, for me, I would say, involve more people than just yourself. And that, that's shared. Like I said, that's the ownership part of it. Yeah. And I think that becomes a critical part is like you talked about with, with the, um, you know, with the survey where you send that off to people and get a chance to, to ask them what, what they think the athletic department should be about. Uh, and they get to participate in that. And then there's a little bit of ownership and they're less likely to get down on it. So one of the questions comes in from coach Brewer. He said, what was that memory program you were talking about? I missed the name. It's called memory in a month by Ron White. Ron White is a United States memory champion and the program is called Memory in a Month. Question uh, from Coach Sato at Bingham High School in Utah. He says, Chris, do you meet with the entire coaching staff of all the sports at once or do you meet with them each separately when introducing the aspects of the culture that you're promoting in the athletic department? Great question. So at the beginning of the year, we have an all coaches meeting and I'm not going to share a screen now, but basically I have a folder where every head coach has access to it. So inside there is the template, the culture, the MVP process. They also have a folder for their sport. So yes, I meet with every head coach. We go through big picture stuff. What is our, our big department mission, vision, core principles. And then I meet with every head coach in season, once a week, out of season, usually once a month. And I just, you know, we, we discuss where are you at with everything? You know, culture is a big part of that though. Where are you at with your MVP process? Where are you at with picking your core principles? And they usually have them because they know that we're going to make a poster for it. So they do have deadlines. So beginning of the season, big picture, um, a lot of housekeeping items with coaches in season once a week to just to assist, to listen, um, and to also talk culture there as well. Awesome. And why don't I just take a minute here to, uh, to again, thank fundraising university and their CEO, Mike Bahoon, who's an assistant baseball coach at the university of Michigan. And I just want to say, Mike, good luck this weekend as college baseball is starting across the country. I know you guys are playing in a big tournament down at globe life, the home of the Texas Rangers. And I just want to let, you know, coaches or professionals know that if you're, if you're looking for a career transition, right. Uh, into, into, you know, that next thing after teaching or that next thing after coaching, or you're looking for that business that you can start while you're doing both coaching and teaching, you know, fundraising university is hosting what we call our transition program on February 21st. It's at 5 PM central. And we're just going to talk about how can you transition into being an ambassador coach? How can you transition into being a franchise owner? How can you transition into creating another income? Well, you're doing what you love to do, which is to coach and teach. So if you're interested in that, look inside of our chat, just email Lindsay uh, at L-D-I-D-O-N-N-A, Lindsay Diadana at fundraisingu.net, and we'll get you uh, onto that call. It's going to be about a half an hour call 
on the 21st of February, 5 p.m. Central to talk about that. And if you can't make it live, just like with all these Coaching Matters calls, email Lindsay again, L-D-I-D-O-N-N-A at fundraisingyou.net, and we'll make sure we send you the recording. Next question comes in, Chris, is there anything that you know now you wish you knew at the beginning of creating this culture that you would have done differently? Simplified it. And I think I said that. So I think 15 core principles was too much. And I said, it's trial and error. So this is the first time I've fully gone through the MVP process where there was the buy-in. I think when I first started this, I just, I pushed it, said, here it is. So what I wish I did was twofold. One, involved all stakeholders on, on day one to make them a part of the process. And two is simplify. I do think 15, although we know them, I think it's a lot. So coaches feedback was it's too much for us to do. So now in year three or four, we're now saying, okay, you don't have to do all of them. Pick which ones are important to you now, next year, pick which ones are important to you now. Cause as I, as coaches, you all know, you have different teams every year. You could be senior led, you could be freshman led. And that may mean you have different core principles that are going to drive you to success. So one, make sure you involve your stakeholders. I wish I did that. And two, make sure it's simplified. Question for you, Chris, if, if you have 15 and three years ago, you tried to get your coaches to teach them all and it was too much. Now that you have 15 and they get to pick between three and five, do you feel like 15 is good because they get to choose and they get to pick from different core principles each year? So technically you could coach there for 10 years and not have the same set of core principles for any year and be able to change it up. Or would you, if you could rewind time, rather go and say, Hey, we're going to go Terps and it's trust, energy, relentless, process and selfless. And those are our five core principles. And that's what we're teaching throughout the department. What would you, would you just go with five or do you actually think that having 15 gives your coaches more flexibility? So you like that more unpack that for us. I think both Brian. So I think that the 15 certainly gives you options, right? So you may not buy into trust. You know, we, we already have that. So let's focus on the other four. If you want to have everybody know all 15, I think it's a, it's difficult if with 15 of them. You know, but it does give you the option to choose what you want there. If you take the five, you're stuck with those five no matter what. So I, I could see both sides of that. I think that 15, if you look in big picture, 15 is a lot to learn and a lot to dive into, especially in year one, year two, even maybe even year three. You may never touch some of those if you're only taking five per year. But at the same time, if you only have five, you're kind of stuck there. So, so I, I don't think I have a great answer for that. Um, I like the options right now, but I think it's very difficult for me to say every team knows all 15 of these if they're not focusing in on those right now or during that season. Another question comes in. It says, Chris, do you also meet with the assistant coaches or is that the head coach's responsibility? So <clears throat> I actually treat this as a business model and, and this may be right or wrong, but this is the way I, this is my philosophy as an athletic director. I tell every head coach, I'm the CEO of Starbucks. And each one of you is buying a franchise of Starbucks. So what we're going to do is have that, that business model, that business philosophy, which is the MVP. We all have the same mission, Terps for Life. We all have the same core principles. But you, as buying into uh, a franchise of Starbucks, you are going to oversee your coaching staff or you're going to oversee your employees. So the head coaches are the ones that meet with me. They then trickle down and meet with their assistant coaches. So I would say that, I, I have very little interaction with assistant coaches in my office. All my time with assistant coaches would be out in the fields or on the court or in the athletic setting. So they do not hear this from me. Um, they hear it from the head coaches, but they have access to everything uh, of all the folders that we share with head coaches. 
Awesome. Any other further questions for Chris Lavoie? He's the athletic director at Tampa Prep and Tampa, Florida. We're talking about how to clarify and implement, how to establish and enhance a winning and championship culture. And a question comes in from Coach Al. He says, Chris, do you maintain the connection of your principals with your student athletes in their respective off seasons? Uh, we have, we are a very small school, um, and we have a lot of multi-sport athletes because of that. So, um, I would say that there are very few off season athletes, because like I said, even when they're, let's just say it's a one sport athlete, even in their off season, they're in the performance center with our head strength coach. And he is pushing those core principles every day. He gives out every week. It's called the no dog or sorry, the no limbo dog of the week. And that no dog no limbo dog of the week. It's a big chain and, and has a turp on it. And that is to someone that's living above the line and fulfilling some of our core principles. So he on a yearly basis, including the summer gives out that award and is always pushing the core principles. So it isn't always coming from me as well. Like I said, we have a coaching staff in the off season. He has our athletes year round. So he, so it comes from him. Awesome. And then Chris, how do you combat the apathy the, uh, that coaches might have toward the process, you know, like the coach that says, Hey, this is good for you, but not for me. Yeah. That happened in year one. And that's why I say it's not a me thing, right? That's why this, this, this whole buy-in from stakeholders and getting input from stakeholders and the Google, the Google survey is this isn't a Chris Lavoie thing. This is what you as head coaches developed and designed to be important to you, not me. So it's not a me versus you thing. So what I tell coaches is you can either buy into what you guys think is important or it's just not going to be a good fit. And I had, I mean, truth be told, I had to let three coaches go the first year because they said, ah, that's just not for me. We want to do what we were doing. And, and my, my response was, well, let's look at the process and the success rate, you know, and I don't want to go into wins and losses, but let's look at, you know, are your numbers growing or going down? And every program was just, was dropping in numbers and success rate. You know, and again, I hate to look at wins and losses as a part of that, but it's not a me thing. You guys developed this. You guys said this was important to you. We just gave the template. So there is a buy-in here. This is what we are now doing and either you're going to buy in or not. And it's not my choice. It's your choice. So it's not a firing. It's like, hey, if you can't buy into this, then we'll find somebody else who can. Awesome. On that note, Chris Lavoie, hey, it's Valentine's Day. You got a wife, you got kids. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy, uh, hectic schedule to join us here on the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program and talking about clarifying and implement a winning culture. Thanks for being with us, coaches. Thanks for joining us. Our next Coaching Matters call is going to be two weeks from tonight. That's going to be Monday, February 28th. We're going to feature a lifetime 300 hitter in Major League Baseball, Sean, the Mayor Casey, and going to be talking about mental performance strategies and creating an edge. So how can you create an edge through mental performance? And Sean, having been um, one of the top baseball hitters in the game and the analyst for the MLB network, this will be a call that is not just for baseball coaches. This will be a call that's for all coaches because what Sean is going to share with you can be applied uh, into any any sport, but also can be applied into any aspect of business. I think when you're talking about mindset and creating an edge, it's going to be across the board, very similar to the principles that I would share with you here on our coaching matters call will be the same principles I share with UFC world champions, share with Cy Young award winners, share with division one college athletes. They're applied maybe a little bit differently based off of the context of where that athlete's at, but the principles that Chris 
shared with you tonight around establishing and implementing a culture will work for you. They've worked for him. They'll work in business. They'll work in sports. Most importantly, it's going to work in life. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for all that you do and coaching matters. Let's dominate today. Thanks for being here, everybody. Take care. Thanks, Chris.